Let's pray. Lord, we come before you today just uh, thankful for the opportunity to meet on a weekly basis to uh, praise you, to, to glorify, to, to worship your name, Lord. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you're with John Paul this morning, that the words that you've given him to speak to us, Lord, that it just, it it takes home in our hearts, Lord, and, and that we can live that out on a day-to-day basis um, in your son Jesus' name. Lord, I just pray that, that uh, you bless each and every person here, that you you act in their lives, Lord, and you just show them how real you are. Lord, we pray all these things in your son's name. Amen. As we get set here, we're going to we're going to start with a word for the for the little guys. And this is this is the week we celebrated the 4th of July this week. Did you see the fireworks? Did you have a good time? Did you do something fun? Yeah. You shooted a rocket. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Rocket. I know that's awesome. You know, we this is a great time we celebrate this week. We celebrate the birthday of our country, this amazing country that we get to live in and and we celebrate this flag. And uh, yeah. We could have been born anywhere. I mean, it's by God's grace, but somehow we got so blessed to be born in this amazing country at this time, and it's just incredible. It could have, you know, it didn't have anything to do with any one of us. It's by God's grace that it happened. So, as I got a word for you guys, have you guys ever said the Pledge of Allegiance before? Yeah. Okay, we're, I'll, I'd like you to stand up. We're going to do it, and, and I would like the, the, Older people here, we're going to do it with you. We're going to we're going to start right in here just as soon as we get everybody. So, are you ready? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, with indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. I always feel like there should be an amen there at the end. Woo, with that. So, I'll have you get seated again for a second. And, you know, there's something that I think we say that all the time, but I don't know that we fully understand what it means. I pledge allegiance. Does anybody here know what that means? I pledge allegiance. What do you think? We pray to God. Well, that's a different kind of allegiance, but, it, but, it, but that shows allegiance to God, which is where we're going to go in a second. What do you think? It is nice to God, and it's not, and it shows allegiance means loyalty. Matter of fact, I kind of did a little research, and allegiance, allegiance comes from a French word that means that means lord or master. So we're saying we're saying that we're loyal to the United States, our country, and what this flag represents. So we have allegiance or a loyalty to this amazing country that we get to live in and you guys mentioned it already also we're here in church today to learn how that we can have allegiance to our god how we can have a loyalty 
to our God and what the benefits of that. And so as we go, I want to turn to Romans, the sixth chapter. And I think it's the 17th verse that I want. So if we go Romans 6, 17. Coming. <laughs> Is it? Oh, beautiful. Okay. So Romans six seventeen and 18 says like this. Thank God, once you were slaves of sin, you were... Sin is anything that leads us to some direction besides Jesus. There's Jesus and there's sin. So sin, we always think of sin as evil, which it is, but actually sin is anything that leads us in a direction other than Jesus Christ, our Savior. So it says, thank God, once you were slaves of sin, we, were, we had allegiance to sin, but now wholeheartedly, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we are giving you now you are free from your slavery to sin and you have become slaves to righteous living the word slave is just another term for loyalty we are we are sold out we are going committed to righteous living we are committed to our god we so when every time i think about it in this amazing country that we live in i am i am loyal to my country but I'm only loyal to my country as long as the last part of it, it says one nation under God. If, if our nation ever gets to where it ain't under God, I will no longer be loyal to it because I know it will be leading me in a bad place. Anything that leads us to God, I have an allegiance or loyalty to. So anyways, I just want to share that with you this morning, you guys, that allegiance means loyalty. We're loyal to our country and we're loyal to our God. These guys are amazing right here. And as they're getting ready, I want to, I want to with that as a foreshadowing of where we're going, I want to turn to the 8th chapter of Romans. And we're going to spend a little time. Woo, that makes my day right there. So if we go to the 8th chapter of Romans, and I've been, do you know, as we've celebrated this amazing week, I've got the privilege of, I just love what God crowds you into, you know, because I, because I got to get ready to do service this morning, and I knew it was this week, so I started giving myself a little history lesson, and uh, um, in that lesson, I learned a whole lot about uh, just exactly what happened through, through, uh, through the Revolutionary War and through this time and through the Declaration of Independence. And I got to thinking about how it all worked. So, so here we are as a country, and, and in the early 70s, the United Kingdom had had some wars that had cost them dearly. And they found themselves, they found themselves in a financial bind. And so to get out of that bind... They started taxing their colonies. And uh, I'm supposing that they weren't just rolling anyways. And now they had the oppression of this heavy tax. And it didn't take them long to get sick of it. So in 71, we've all heard of the Boston Tea Party. In 71, they, uh, they, there was a movement afoot that, that they, got, they were getting tired of it. 
in 75, and I'm supposed there was a lot of behind the scenes going on, but in 75, George Washington took control of the United States, the American army, and it was fighting from then on, and so they were battling around, and by the time they had gotten to 76 along in the summer on July 2nd of 1776 John Quincy Adams starts drafting the Declaration of Independence in this what does he say he says we no longer require your services Great Britain we've had it we've had enough from this point forward we no longer need your services so Great Britain says oh yeah sure okay go ahead and they left. No. <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> it, was, it was a terrible thing from then on. You know, it, it, uh, as I researched, and it was a crazy thing. We had, there, in the colonies, there was about 140,000 people. Great Britain had in the millions. Um, and from that point forward, the battles ensued. And... Uh, and they went on, and, and there was 25,000 lives lost, uh, American lives, which is actually probably less than I thought. About half of those starved to death or died of, uh, you know, while they were uh, prisoners of war or died of disease. And in, uh, it's really interesting to me, but in 81 they had put enough pressure on Great Britain that the fighting had stopped. But it was clear till 83 before they said, okay, you guys can go ahead and do what you want. We've had enough. So from the point that they made, and I find this really interesting in God's terms, so in 1776, we declared we don't need you anymore. As a country, we said, we, we've had your services. We no longer require your services. You are free to go. Seven years later, Great Britain comes into agreement with that. And I thought about that seven being a biblical number. It couldn't have been an accident. So how long did it take? It took as long as it took. We fought that thing out as long as it took to get our independence, to get our freedom, to get in a spot where we were not under the oppression of somebody that wasn't leading us, that didn't have our best interest at, at heart. So with that being said, and that, that, uh, that amazing bit of our history, and, I, and I'm just fascinated by that, that kind of thing, but here we go. So if we go to Romans Eight now let's turn to Romans 8 and we'll go right here in the beginning verse 2 we have a wrong idea about a lot of things we get part of it right and then and then just like it would have been crazy in 1776 so we declare our independence from you we declare we no longer need your services go home it's over if we'd have thought that, we would have lost. If we'd have thought that was how it was going to go down, we would still be under the crown today. But we knew at that point that we had to do whatever it took 
for as long as we needed to until we overcame. In our spiritual walk, listen to this right here, 8-2. And because you belong to him, the power of the, the, power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin. I'm going to read this. I said that wrong. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. What we get into a bind right here is that we say, okay, I believe that verse. I believe that that's absolutely true. So I declare from this point forward, sin, I don't need you anymore. I've had your services that didn't treat me very well. I declare my freedom from you, sin. And we live happily ever after. Life gets easy. We don't have any more problems, and we don't fall back into the same sin. Right? <laughs> Never. So what's going on? How come this problem is? The problem is, as we think, because we declared, we took a hold of our freedom, that it just happened. What we have to understand is we're in for a battle. Great Britain didn't give up easily. It took as long as it took. We have an enemy right now today, and it's going to take as long as it takes. And if we're not ready for the battle, and if we don't go at it with the right tools, we're not going to win. We are not going to overcome this thing if we don't go at it with the mindset, we're in for it now. Sin, I declare my independence of you. I no longer need you in my life, and now I'm in for a fight. And it's going to take as long as it takes for me to overcome it. If I look at it any other way, I'm going to be defeated. Let's back up to the seventh chapter here for just a minute. And we're going to bounce down here. Oh, let's say. Uh, let's say the 14th verse. So the trouble is not with the law, for it, is a, for it is spiritually good. The trouble is with me, for I am all too human, a slave to sin. Verse 15, I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right. I've declared my freedom from sin, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. Verse 16, but if I know what I am doing is wrong... This shows that I agree that the law is good. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is sin. It is the enemy. It is the, it is the thing living in me that does it. Verse 18. I know that nothing good lives in me. That is in, that, that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do. I do it anyway. Verse 20. But if I, but if I do what I don't want to do, here he says, I'm not really the one doing wrong. It is the sin living in me. And that's a clarification, but it don't really make your life any easier knowing what's happening here. You're going through it. 21. 21. 
I have discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, inevitably I do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to sin that is still within me. Goes on to say, oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? We're in it. The battle is raging on. We've declared independence from sin, but this is our life right here. Let's click back over to 8 here for a little bit, and let's bounce down here to the 5th verse. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about the sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about the things that please the Spirit. Now we're getting a little glimpse on how we're going to overcome this thing. We declared independence, but the battle is raging on, and every one of us has said, okay, I don't need to do that anymore, and the next thing we know is we're doing it. So how do we overcome this thing? What are the right tools to go into battle to win this thing back? And how long is it going to take? I'm going to say it again. It's going to take as long as it takes. Those, verse 5 again, those who are dominated by by the sinful nature think about the sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about the things that please the Spirit. So we have got to get... We have got to get our mindset on who's in charge here and what we're going to let happen, what we're going to let in and what we're going to let out. Verse 6, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. Physical, spiritual, relationships, it always ends the same way. It's trouble. But letting the Spirit control your mind, but letting the Spirit control your mind Leads to life and peace. That description before was not peaceful. That battle, it ain't peace. How do we overcome it? We have got to fix our mind on Christ. And we have got to go at it on purpose. And we have got to dig in knowing that it's going to be a real deal battle. And it's going to take as long as it takes. Seven, for the sinful nature is always hostile to God. Listen to this. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. Verse eight. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you, and then there's this parenthesis. So if you, this is you, I want to fi- help you fix this today. And remember, those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. If you do not have the Holy Spirit in you, let's fix that today. Don't leave here without Him. You will never regret. I never met the first person yet 
that regretted signing up, no matter what it meant for their life, no matter how long the battle was, you're not going to regret it. And you know, I promise you, you know if you have the Holy Spirit in here or you don't. If you don't, let's fix it. It's easy. Verse 8. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled, nine again, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit, by the Spirit, if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember, those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. And Christ lives within you, so through your body... So though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, and just as God raised Christ from the dead, He will give you, give your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living in you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation. We have served the notice. You have no obligation to do what you're sinful nature urges you to do the battle's going on but you're not under the obligation to do it how do you overcome it you have got to fix your mind on the living god so in closing i want i want to, you to turn with me to ephesians 6 chapter so that we have the right tools to get this deal done ephesians 6 Down in here, 10, I think. Yep. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Verse 11, put on all of God's armor so that you can be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. Listen, you are in a battle, and your enemy has strategies. He don't just have one, he has multiple. And when he runs one and it don't work, he's going to run a flank, he's going to run an end run on you. He is going to change the program along the way. But he can't win if you get the right tools and you got your mind in the right spot. Put all of God's... Put all of God's armor on so that you can be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. Twelve. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen rule world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil, listen to this, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Why would that be in there? Against evil spirits in heavenly places. This battle is everywhere. It's in church. It's out of church. It's when you got it right. One step later, you're like, holy cow, where did that come from? It's around us. We're in the middle of it, and it's happening, and it's going to take as long as it takes. And you have to have the right tools to overcome it. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able... Listen, 
Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor. If you just put on some of God's armor, it ain't going to work as well. Every one of us have tried it with some of the armor. And you're like, why am I still getting that crap knocked out of me in this situation? It's because we ain't got all the armor on. We just got some of it. Or maybe none of it. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. That's awesome and beautiful. It means the battle will end. It ain't going to go on forever, but it will last as long as it takes. 14, stand your ground putting on the belt of truth. Who is the truth? He says, I am the way, the life, and the truth. He says, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Stand your ground putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. We can't get it right, and we can't do right if we don't put Christ on as our belt, if we don't have him around our middle, protecting our soft underbelly and our more sensitive areas. I mean, really. Putting on, it's the truth, isn't it? Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. 15, for, the sh- for shoes, put on the peace. Our God promises us this. If we seek him, we can have peace that surpasses all human understanding. Our peace is not dependent upon that we've already beat, won the battle. Our peace comes from the fact that we're his. And he gifts us with this gift of peace. It's not about circumstances. It's about where our mind is and who we trust. For shoes put on the peace that comes from, from the good news so that you will fully, so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith. No matter what it looks like, my God has already won this battle. Are you with me? That's where you got to get to. That's where we have got to get to. No matter where we are, no matter how long it's been, no matter how long it's going to last, my God has already conquered this thing. My body lost it a long time ago. In my self, I can't last 30 seconds. I'm tapping out already. But my God has already overcome it. In addition to all these things, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil, which also gives me hope. If I stand firm, he is not going to keep firing arrows when he knows that he can't win. Sooner or later, he's going to get sick of sending them things in there knowing that my God's already overcome it. When he figures out I've got so much confidence in my God that he can send whatever he wants to, I got it knocked off. It's going to start backing off. And put on salvation as your helmet and take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Listen, none of it works 
if you don't know the Word of God. You don't know where to go next. You don't know what to rely on next. You don't know what He promised that He would do for you. You have got to know His Word. I'm not saying you have to know the Bible from front to back and know it and have it all memorized. I don't. But I can tell you this, I know his word good enough that when I'm in a bind, I got a verse that comes to my head. And if I don't, I got a friend that I can call somewhere. And I'll be like, look, I'm in a spot. What you got? He's like, hey, you know what? This verse come to me right quick. Just as, even as you were talking, share the word of God with me. You've got a friend like that somewhere. I'll promise you, every one of you do. In addition to these things, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Listen, from where you sit right now, there is a believer that needs, I promise you, you could reach out and touch him. There is a believer from where you sit right now that needs you to pray for them. I'll guarantee it. This is a tough battle. And we're not going to get through it on our own. With the living God, we have got it conquered. With an army of believers, it gets a whole lot easier. I'm telling you, there's somebody within arm's reach of you right now that, that desperately needs you to be praying for them. And I'm going to tell you something else. There's people that aren't here. So I need you to do me a favor. I need you to do this body a favor. I need you to do all of us a favor. You think about who isn't here. And if they haven't been here in two or three weeks, text them. It's like, you know what? I hadn't seen you in a couple of weeks. You doing all right? I mean, I'm not dropping any names, but, but you know, I, we hadn't seen Katie McKinney in a month. <laughs> I, I would never call out North Stewart for not being here, but I don't see him. Think about it. There's somebody, I don't know all of them that aren't here or why, but they need you praying for them. They need you to love on them. Pray with me. Father, we love you. Yeah, we declare our independence. We've, we've had a big old run of sin. We've felt the results. We declare independence from it. Thank you for showing us today how to rev up for the battle that's fixing to come on, that is coming on, that is happening. How this can be conquered, how this can be overcome. How we as a body, how we as a people can, can band together and through your power 
we can overcome each and every battle and eventually the war. Father, I thank you for showing us through the example of this mighty country and the privilege that we get to live here. How it's going to take what it's going to take and it's going to cost what it's going to cost. But it can be overcame for ourselves, but more importantly, for the future generations. Father, in the, in the battle, in the war, each and every one of those lives lost sacrificed their life with the idea that it would be better for the generations to come. And so it is with us as we take on this spiritual battle, declaring our independence from sin. Father, it's, it's got to be better for us. And Father, our hope is, is that it'll be way better for the generations that follow us. And Father, I also pray, I pray right now, this very second, if there's somebody in here, and I know there is, I just, I just, I'm just certain of it. I don't know who it is, but Father, I know that there's somebody in here that does not have the Holy Spirit. And you tell us if we don't have the Spirit that we don't have you. So Father, right now, this very second, I pray that that person or people, it's like, you know what, I've had enough of fighting this battle on my own. I pledge allegiance to the living God. I pledge allegiance to you, O Christ. It scares me. This fear. What if it don't work? And then the logic says, what do I have to lose? Father, I pray for that person or people right now that they would have the courage to pledge allegiance to you for now and forevermore. And Father, I pray that if there's there's anybody in here that needs praying over or that needs ministered to that they would reach out they have the, that you would give them the peace and the courage to reach out and father I pray for the rest of us I pray that you would show us whom to pray for in our in our family here and you would show us how to pray for them and then you would show us how to put feet to it. And I pray all this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.